the head coach of Michigan men's basketball punching uh, opposing assistant coaches. We've got a whole bunch of political turmoil. We're coming off of the NBA All-Star Game. Chaos right now. Big weekend. Uh, But baseball on this Monday. It's the Just Baseball Show. Today is Monday, February 21st, and we are on the heels of opening weekend in college baseball. We're going to talk about that. I also want to walk through 40-man protection today because it is a really big deal right now, and it might be the unsung thing about this lockout that sucks the most. Jack McMullen, Arm Layton, how you doing, hot stuff? You had me at All-Star Weekend. Oh, also, thank you. You had me at All-Star Weekend. Um, Dude, I hate being, I don't want to be the baseball guy that's just like shitting on every other sports events because I love every sport. We talk about all sports here all the time, even though it's 99% baseball, like we're always trickling in some other sports. Man, has the All-Star Weekend gone to shit uh, for the NBA? Um, Last night, like I was just so irrationally upset. My roommate was like, Arm, are you good, bro? Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, no, I've looked, I've looked forward to this. I used to look forward to it every single year. And that skills competition, Jack, was the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. And then they're doing like blindfolded Q&As with Aisha Curry and Steph Curry and 2 Chains. And um, I very much apologize to 2 Chains' girlfriend or fiance. I don't know if he's married. His significant other um, seemed like a very sweet lady. I don't really care, though. Like, I, I, I oh, who's the most likely to to tell a joke at a party? And they're like guessing. And I'm like, this is All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend. They were doing that after I just had to watch Josh Giddy throw passes through a circle, like a giant cylinder that is like 30 by 30. Like I, you could pull people off the street and they're cashing that. Like it was just, it was, it was frustrating. And then the dunk contest, don't get me started. Uh, nothing beats the home run derby, Jack. That's how I'm doing. Yeah, nothing beats the home run derby. Uh, don't slander Josh Giddy. I think Josh Giddy's sick. I love Josh Giddy. I'd like to see Josh Giddy do something difficult, not yeah. throw it through a gaping hole. <laughs> okay, one quick thing. Um, I think in 2022, on this Monday, February 21st, everybody can agree that DJ Khaled objectively sucks now. <laughs> yeah, he blows. He blows. <laughs> but he does have a knack for just getting all the biggest names and music together. Yeah, but like, what is that? Is it I, I? His just his shit on NBA All Star Weekend was just so weird. But it was just so on brand for like the NBA All Star Weekend, right? Like the kids will love DJ Khaled. Like, let's throw him. No, in No, they don't. No, yeah. they don't. They also don't. Although that's like, more of an MLB move, I would expect MLB to do that, right? See, like, yeah, I would expect MLB to like, yeah, major key. Like the kids like that. Right, right, exactly. Um, or like you know, have the uh, have Walker Hayes play the Applebee's song at oh. at the uh, home run derby. Right, oh. that feels like an MLB move. Hey, they love this song. The youths, <laughs> the kids, the the youths love this stuff. Yeah, was yeah. not a fan. And I'm old though, so maybe the youths did love it. I'm I'm going on 25. Maybe I'm just old and washed. Hey, uh, also is somebody that constantly dresses like Jarrett Allen. Uh, them roasting Jarrett Allen's oh. fifth was stupid. That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, he's wearing a hoodie and sweatpants. God forbid. And, and the funniest thing was, he's like, what do people want for me to wear like a $5,000 chain? I was like, that's the best answer he could have given. Yeah. Cause the answer is yes. Yes. Like people yes. want that from him. And he's we just want like, you to, we, we want you to irresponsibly spend your money and show it off. Right. Like, no, I think I'm good. I think I'm a big Jared Allen fan. Now my boy, J Cole. Has a great line on this one. By the way, he had a great all-star performance a couple of years ago and uh, uh, when he performed a lot. Uh, but he said, if you're broke and clowning a millionaire, the joke is on you, right? Ooh. That's, that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people that were clowning Jared Allen's fit uh, are not quite as wealthy as Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, so that's my parting thoughts on that one. But we're going to talk some baseball, right? Yeah, and we were watching a bunch of guys that are kind of 
going to collect future bags very soon uh, this past weekend. This was opening weekend of college baseball. This yeah. is the baseball that's in action right now. And you saw a lot of guys, um, you know, I gravitated towards the arms, but there were some bats that were undeniably good this weekend. I want to start with the bats and then we'll get to the arms in college baseball that really stood out. Nobody stood out more than this freshman at NC State, Tommy White. This dude is oh. a freak. He is good, man. He is good. And, you know, we, we got frequent texts from uh, our own Peter Flaherty, who, you know, I was just plugging uh, the, the Boys of Spring podcast, which I'm really excited about, uh, which is going to be our college baseball podcast hosted by Ryan Miller, Pete Flaherty, and Ben Bellotti, all guys super entrenched in the college baseball and Cape Cod League ranks. Um, Peter Flaherty's long-time, long-time girlfriend is a NC State. Is she an alumni now? It's crazy. Time flies. But he's always out at NC State. And I know he's always extra amped when NC State has a good ball club. And he was out there, I believe, to see Tommy White. And, I mean, White was the number 18 player in the country, according to Perfect Game. He looks like a lumberjack. Um, and he's athletic in the box, too, though. He was, he was hitting some home runs. That he has three now, right? On the season, he had no, two in one game, and then five. a grand slam. Oh, wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. When, when did four and five come? Four and five came in games two and three against Evansville. He had a three homer collegiate debut, and then he had one on a Saturday, and then one more on Sunday. Wow. And this is not a dude. I mean, from what I've seen already, that's, you know, big swing, like just just praying on weaker competition, then he's going to get blown up by, you know, higher VO, tougher arms. Like this guy's got a quick bat, good body control. And I think he's going to hit for a high average. I know it's a hot start. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but golden spikes watch this guy as a freshman. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Six foot two forty two. He's from St. Pete beach. Um, went to IMG Academy trained at diesel optimization. Want to shout out my boy, Jackson Lewis, who is currently uh, overseas. He was in Kuwait for a little bit. And then last time I texted him, he said, I'm in an undisclosed location. So, uh, I, you know, don't know where he is anymore, but currently uh, serving with the U.S. military. But he was uh, the BP pitcher for Tommy White all summer last year at Diesel Optimization in the Tampa area. So uh, I want to credit Jackson Lewis a little bit for Tommy White's start to his college career. Three games, five bombs. He's nine for 14 with 12 driven in. So his line each game, game one of his college career, he was five for six with three bombs and six driven in. Uh, he was two for four in game two with a bomb and four ribbies. And then he was two for four with a bomb and two ribbies uh, in game three on Sunday. Last thought on, on, on uh, Tommy white, you know, something he said, this was from inside uh, pack sports.com, which they do a good job covering uh, the NC state Wolfpack. He said uh, right after he signed in July, I want to become an impact player. Um, I, I think he's doing that. I think he's making some sort of an impact. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I really like that he said is uh, I've always had the ability to hit with natural strength. I believe my hands and my hand eye coordination are my biggest strength. When a guy that has that kind of pop is telling you his hand eye coordination is his biggest strength. That kind of backs up what we were just saying. This dude can hit. This dude's going to be a first round pick. I, I'm not a big jump to conclusions guy in a couple of years from now. He'll be a first round pick. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Jed Fabian was a first-round pick last year. Was he a second-round pick last year? First compensation, I believe. Yeah, uh, comp. I think it was uh, comp round A or something. It was the Red was Sox. Was Jed a. Fabian was a Red Sox. 41st pick. overall. 41st, 41st overall. overall, Jed Fabian, an outfielder from Florida, uh, decided not to sign with the Red Sox, come back to the University of Florida. This guy has gotten more patience, and he looks really freaking good. Yeah, he looks really, really good. And, you know, people were wondering, why would he decide to come back? He had a good year. But, you know, a lot of the underlying metrics, and, and you're going to get super nitpicky when you're looking at a, a top-end pick here. I think Fabian looked at himself as, as a solid top 30 pick. He fell to 41. I don't think the Red Sox were really willing to slot over that 41st overall slot value because Fabian did hit 250, um, you know, in, in that season but he did also hit 20 jacks. Saw him in the Cape, really good athlete, can play center field, can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, he's showing some good things through those first few ABs laying off or first few games to laying off of breaking balls as our own Ethan Badowski said. Uh, and people might say, well, why would Fabian go back for a fourth year? He was a guy that reclassified, went to college early 
still just 21 years old. So, you know, for him, it wasn't as much of a disadvantage to go back for a senior year. He's really still closer to junior year age for a lot of college guys. Uh, and, and I think Fabian is could still play his way into uh, first round consideration. And, and I'm sure he had a lot of people, you know, that have a good idea of, of what that potential could be advising him to go back and uh, big prove it year for him. Other bats you liked from this opening weekend. I mean, dude, I, I got to watch a little bit more Enrique Bradfield, of course. He was just so much fun to watch. Dylan Cruz, Dylan Cruz at LSU. Oh my gosh. Um, you got to Giacomo over there at LSU as well, who is really special and Barry as well. That might be the best offense in college baseball. It really might be. But Dylan Cruz, I said it on the uh, on the call-up podcast. My dude's going 1-1 in 2023. Uh, he does it all. And oh my gosh, is he fun to watch play? Look out for LSU. Uh, not only look for L- look out for LSU. But that lineup, I think, is going to be as tough to beat as anybody. And then Mississippi State, um, they, they can play too. They, but guess what? Long Beach State can freaking play. Uh, and I was really excited with what we saw from Long Beach State. Uh, the Dirtbags, they can play, Jack. They can play a little bit. I, I enjoy them. Um, Landon Sims, though. Yeah, Landon Sims Looks really freaking good on the map. I left you, I left you a voicemail. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's playable on here, but uh, I, I left you a voicemail about Landon Sims. You don't need to play it. Uh, no. But he, he is, you know, he was out to prove that he could, that he could make his way into the rotation. Right. And I mean, it was funny. I was watching the whole start and it, he was like in the fifth inning, 60 something pitches. And the announcer's like, yeah, I don't think they're going to stretch him out too far beyond here. It comes out for another inning. I don't think they're going to stretch him out too far beyond here. It comes out for another inning. He was so efficient. He was attacking guys. The fastball has that riding action that you can't teach, and he can freaking spin it too. He works so quickly, Jack. I loved it. He is so fun to watch. Uh, he might be playing himself into a position here where he could be the first pitcher taken in this upcoming draft. And I will say, though, you talk about bats. Staldivar at Long Beach State was like the only dude that was putting together good at bats and he put together really good at bats. Uh, another guy that bet on himself returned to campus and uh, could play his way into uh, day one consideration. Saldivar was the only player who really put together good ABs against Sims. And I think he went three for three off him. Yeah. Um, two pitchers in the SEC that I want to highlight aside from Landon Sims, Chris McElvain at Vandy, the Friday night guy for Vandy. He can shred a little bit. And then Hunter Barco at Florida is, oh. is the one there. 11 punchies in what, six innings, I want to say. He's um, good. He's he was, really freaking good. He was one of those guys that, you know, honestly, I don't even think uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, head coach at, uh, at, at UF, was really expecting to ever reach campus. Uh, I don't know if they were ever really expecting him to reach campus, but we're seeing more guys go the college route um, and, and really enjoy doing it. And I think Jack Leiter is the latest example of, how it can pay dividends if you really want to enjoy the experience and boost your draft stock in the process. Uh, sometimes it, just being a late first rounder or early second rounder as a high school guy isn't enough. And you can get that valuable experience and go. And Barco is, is already doing that. Uh, we, we've seen it now through his collegiate career. I mean, I, I'm really excited to see this guy continue to develop. Yeah. Uh, who's your pick after the opening weekend to win the Natty? Oh, dude, I mean, this LSU team. I, I like LSU. Um, I mean, Vanderbilt, they returned 22 lettermen. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be a team that's going to be a problem, uh, and they've got a lot of pitching. Uh, but that would be such a basic pick. Uh, not that LSU isn't that basic, but I think LSU's offense, it's like murderer's row at the front of that lineup. They're going to be a headache for a lot of teams, uh, and I think that that offense could, could really hit anybody. So um... – it, they lost game one to Illinois State, but I think the Arkansas Razorbacks are really, really good. And they've got a senior superstar. Robert Moore is their second mm-hmm. baseman, best second baseman in the country. He's Dayton Moore's son, Dayton Moore, the president of baseball operations with the Kansas City Royals. Woo Pig Suey could be uh, hoisting the trophy in Omaha at year's end. He had the most respectful bat flip I saw uh, <laughs> in a while. Just crushed it pole side. Nice little like flip all in one motion. Uh, enjoyed it, enjoyed the ride, but it was very respectful as a guy that, you know, his dad's, his dad's a pro guy. So he's going to carry himself the right way. And you don't want to do none of those, those darn bat flips, those disrespectful bat flips. Uh, so a very respectful one for more. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to talk about the 40 man dilemma right now? Yeah. I feel like no one's talking about this, Jack. No one's talking about it. Um, 
as we watch college baseball get started, I think the thought crept into a lot of people's mind that, oh, I can't wait for minor league baseball to get started and then build up. I can't wait for major league baseball to get started once they get their head out of their ass. Here's the big problem, though. Some of the most notable prospects that are knocking on the door of Major League Baseball will not be able to participate in minor league opening day if MLB doesn't figure their shit out. The current MLB lockout is affecting Major League Baseball, not minor league baseball. And I think a lot of people understand that. The minor league season is going to start on time. However, the players that the Major League Baseball lockout is affecting is players that are on the MLB 40-man rosters. Certain players are protected on 40-man rosters. Um, it's everybody that you know could be a big league contributor at that moment in time. So you've got an active 26, uh, and then you pluck from the remaining 14 um, to supplement if a guy goes down or you want to make a call up or send down. Before you bring a guy up um, to the major league level, he needs to be added to the 40-man roster. So we're looking at a lot of the best players that needed to be protect needed to be protected so they don't, you know, go into the rule five pool and are picked up by anybody else that are going to be sitting here just waiting for this opportunity to get right back into baseball, even though they were going to start in double A or triple A or maybe even high A for some people. There yeah. are there's a world where there are double A baseball players that won't be able to play because they're on the MLB 40 man roster. It's a really important and a really important wrinkle to that, you know, is is that these are not just guys, not all of them are on the precipice of of cracking major leagues, uh, you know, of cracking the major leagues, what, what it is, is, you know, with the rule five draft, four years after being signed or drafted, uh, you have to be added to the 40 man roster in order to protect a player from the rule five draft, which, you know, we talk about a lot on the call up. It's always a big thing, right? How are you going to shift your 40 man roster around to add those prospects that may not be close to big league ready, but you got to add them to the 40 man to protect them from being selected by another team in the rule five draft. So you have a lot of prospects. Yeah. Yes. But then they'll end up being selected by a team and taken somewhere else. So you have a lot of top end prospects that are on the 40 man roster that, you know, might still be a year or two away from, you know, from cracking a big league debut because some of these guys were signed at 17 years old, uh, made their professional debut at 18 uh, now they're 21, 22, and still maybe a year away from big league action, really need some time in the minors and aren't going to get it because they were protected by their team and added to the 40-man roster. And now they're not going to be eligible uh, to potentially uh, get much needed plate appearances in the minor leagues. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. So I went through, so you don't have to, you know, you could say, okay, we're talking big picture right now, but who does this actually affect? I went through every team's 40-man roster and plucked out the guys that I think you should know will not be making their season debut on opening day of AAA or AA baseball um, if this lockout were to continue. And the problem with these guys is the names that I'm going to list off haven't even been able to have communication with their MLB trainers or their coaches at any point this year. Minor league guys, you know, you're great friends with Griffin Conine, who at the, at the moment, and we talked about this on the call-up, at the moment, it was gut-wrenching that he wasn't added to the Marlins 40-man roster. Now it's kind of a blessing in disguise because he's been able to work with the Marlins all offseason, yep. and he's in Marlins camp right now. Yeah, and he's feeling great, you know, and, and it was it was interesting because he was a guy that, you know, was was expected to be added to, the, to that 40-man, but the Marlins, with all the prospects that they have that are on the precipice, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a tight cut, uh, and they decided not to add him. At first, it was like, oh, shoot. And I texted him the other day as we realized this, as we are talking about you know, mentioning this topic on the podcast. And I was like, holy crap, Griff, like, thank goodness you weren't added to the 40 man. He's like, yeah, I know, man. Like this is, this is actually really nice. I'm going to be able to get ABs because he's like so eager to get out there. He's working with the Marlins. He's made swing adjustments. You know, these guys, it's just all baseball. You need reps. Like there's no other sport. I, I mean, you need reps in every sport, but baseball, like you, you can get a good idea. And, you know, like in other sports, of like what a guy can be baseball could be that 1000th at bat in the minor leagues that things start to like turn the corner for you. Yeah. So just as many at bats as possible is so important. And, and it's a really important developmental point for a lot of these prospects. And this is something that, I mean, I think teams have to realize too, is going to have a big impact on their org. If they take 
too long uh, to, to get this thing going. And I think we're seeing a little bit of urgency from teams now. As they, they've shown owners are like flying in. They want to meet almost every single day uh, to try to make this thing happen. I think this is one of the reasons why. You already stunted prospect growth in 2020. Of course, that was nobody's fault. Uh, that was a, a natural really unfortunate situation given the pandemic, but like that was something that really affected the development of prospects. You can't allow anything else to impede that now. Yeah, no, you absolutely cannot. And the thing is, it might be by their own volition. And a lot of these guys that we're going to run through, um, you know, some of them I'm going to talk about that have already kind of made their MLB debut, but they're still on the 40 man roster because they are the exciting guy. Every name that I rattle off, like, a realistic possibility that they start at their triple A affiliate or their double A affiliate or below that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like it's, it's just hard because they can't participate in minor league spring training. Um, they're going to have to ramp up when MLB spring training starts, which is already delayed. We know that. Um, and then they're joining the fold late when they get to their assigned affiliate. So it's just, yeah. it's a really shitty situation for these guys. On the call-up today, yeah, real quick. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say that the Cressy, uh, you know, Cressy training over there, they do a lot of those, like, underground uh, simulated games. I bet you a lot of top prospects will be out there, like, facing Scherzer and stuff. Like, that's actually stuff that happens out in the in the Palm Beach, Jupiter area. Yeah. Uh, so you'll have a lot of, kind of like we had in the pandemic, some backfield games uh, with yeah. prospects and players, which is pretty darn cool, uh, but not as cool as seeing them play in legit action. 100%. Uh, Call-up episode that released today was the top 10 Red Sox prospect and a whole bunch of honorable mentions. So let's start with the Red Sox. I've got all 30 teams again, uh, and I'm going to tell you who's protected. So you won't see them in Worcester or in Portland to open the year. And these are big names. Jaron yeah. Duran is protected. Of course, he was already a big league guy, but then you got Jeter Downs. You got Connor Wong. You got Jay Groom, Brian Bello, Brian Mata, Connor Siebold, Hudson Potts. Like these are a lot of names that you won't see in Worcester and they're going to miss valuable reps. Absolutely. And some of those guys, you could argue really need them. <laughs> really, really need them. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Vidal Brujan is protected. Yeah. That's a guy that's trying to crack the, the middle infield or maybe grab some corner outfield innings in Tampa. Yep. Another really nice. important guy that they need to see too. Like they need to see, he showed things, hit a bit of a wall. Stuck in between. Josh Lowe is going to be in that same boat. Yeah. He's another guy on the 40 man, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it, it's unfortunate. It sucks. It sucks. Um, Toronto, you got Nate Pearson, Gabriel Moreno, Kevin Smith, who some people think is a top 100 prospect. Kevin Smith is a, uh, some a, person. a protected guy. Yeah. Um, and then the Yankees, you got Davey Garcia, Albert Abreu, Luis Heal, Luis Medina, uh, Oswald Peraza, Everson Pereira. These guys are all protected. And then Baltimore, D.L. Hall, Tyler Nevin, Jemai Jones, Taryn Vavra, Ryan McKenna. Like these are a lot of names that won't see action right away. And, and here's a perfect example, Gabriel Moreno, right? Gabriel Moreno has played his way into being a top 10, 15 prospect in baseball, I think across the board. Moreno only played 30-something games last year because he messed his thumb up. He ended up making his way back and performing really well in the Arizona Fall League. But this is a guy that was raking in double a and then you know it has a season cut short he needs the ab's because he's on the precipice of the big leagues like he could even potentially crack the opening day roster though i would i would assume they want to see a couple at least a month or two of him in double or triple a i would presume triple a and then decide what they're going to do with jansen kirk etc this just makes all of that way more difficult for the jays and moreno is somebody that could really I wouldn't say could use him because he hits no matter what, whenever he shows up, but like, that's a guy that you want to see a little bit more of a body of work. It's, it's unfortunate. It's something to note though, in the AL East, you've got a lot of guys that are unprotected because they haven't needed to be protected yet. Tristan Casas is unprotected uh, with the Yankees. Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe are unprotected. Uh, you look at Baltimore, Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, Gunnar Henderson, no those guys yet. aren't protected. So they no can play yet. right away. Yeah. So thank goodness. And, and again, like the, the big disclaimer here is I still highly encourage everybody to watch a ton of minor league baseball, especially if you get the delay on the big league side. But it's just showing how the how the greed and frustration of the big league levels trickles down still into affecting uh, the minor leagues, which is incredibly frustrating. And you mentioned Everson Pereira with the Yankees. Like Pereira is a guy I really like. We threw him into the Yankees top 10. Uh, but Pereira has had his progression delayed a little bit. 
he's still only 20 years old, uh, but was signed, you know, a while ago. And he has not played above high A. He played 27 games in high A. Like that guy needs ABs. Get this guy some reps. But unfortunately, you know, some of those guys are really going to be impacted. Yeah. White Sox, do you really care about their, uh, their no. prospects? Like, I don't think so. So just a couple of names that are protected that you won't see. Jonathan Stever, Jake Berger, Romy Gonzalez, Yermin Mercedes, Mike Rodolfo, uh, Blake Rutherford. Those guys cannot play minor league baseball or major league baseball until this lockout ends. Uh, Darn. Cleveland, though, we can spend some time on Cleveland. What were you going to say about the White Sox? Say something slanderous? I just said darn. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, Cleveland, <laughs> you've got Connor Pilkington, who I know you like, missing out on some big-time reps. And then you got a bunch of really young guys that are super talented. Brian Lavastida, Nolan Jones, Junkensi Noel, Brian Rocchio, Jose Tena, Stephen Kwan, who we think is big league ready, and then George Valera. Like, those are like the top 10 prospects for the Cleveland Guardians that are protected and can't start in Columbus or Akron. No team added more players to their 40 men, no more prospects to their 40 men than, than the Guardians did. I believe it was 12, maybe 13 that they added uh, to, to that 40 man roster. And if, okay, I own a media company on that covers baseball going into a lockout. So obviously, that's incredibly frustrating for me for a lot of reasons. Nothing will frustrate me more if I do not get to see Joe Kensi Noel play baseball in the minor leagues next year. Like, forget the company for a second. If I don't get to see Jakensi Noel hit nukes for the Guardians, this is a guy that only played in high A last year. If I don't get to see Noel hit, that's my breaking point with this lockout. That is my breaking point. Hey, you know what? Good thing for the Guardians, though. Daniel Espino is not protected, so he can still pitch. Uh, Tanner Burns, another good young pitcher. But, like, damn. I mean, it'd be nice if this thing ended so you could see more George Valera and Jakensi Noel. Yeah, Valera's special, super special. Both those guys, not close to the big leagues yet. Torque and Green can still play for Detroit, so they'll be ready to rock. However, Matt Manning is missing more innings. He's protected because he made his MLB debut. I mean, this is a guy that can't miss starts when he's healthy. No, let, let him go throw some bullpens on the side. God, I mean, it's just vital that he throws more innings. I know, I know. I know. It, it, like Matt Manning is one of the the peak affected guys in this as well. Uh, just turned twenty four years old about twenty days ago. Uh, you know, a guy that I was really excited about, really disappointed last year, and yeah, he really, 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 really needs starts. Another guy, Alex Fajardo, is rehabbing from Tommy John. He's not allowed to do it with the Tigers because he's protected. Yeah. How does that work? Like you can't communicate with, with the team. Right. But like, what if you accidentally communicate with that? Like, I feel like there's gotta be so many loopholes to that. Yeah. You gotta have a burner phone. They've gotta be giving them some sort of like rehab plan, right? Like there's communication here. I hope so. I I hope that these organizations were proactive before the lockout started and said, here's what you're going to do every day until spring training starts. Uh, I'm, I'm sure some orgs did that. I'm positive. Some orgs didn't. That's all I'll say. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Minnesota, you've got Yohan Duran, who is protected. Jordan Velazovic, who is protected. Joe Ryan, who obviously made his MLB debut. And you got like Royce Lewis, Jose Miranda. These guys cannot play uh, with AAA St. Paul. And then Kansas City, Jackson Coar, Edward Olivares, Emmanuel Rivera, Kyle Isbell, and then two big-time names that can't play with Bobby Witt Jr., who is not protected and can still play for AAA Omaha. MJ Melendez and Nick Prado, they're protected. Same draft. Yep, same draft. So they're not going to be able to. That was first and second round picks, uh, you know, back to back there. Uh, so, yeah, they, they had to be added to the 40 man after that duration of time there, which is nuts. So, you know, Wit, just because he climbed so quickly, fortunately, he still does not need to be added to the 40 man yet. So, um, no reason for the Royals to do that. They can let him get some more at bats. Something that I just kind of realized as we're talking about this, you see a lot of these top prospects. I think John Duran was throwing. Um, like I, I always, I always get all the leagues mixed up. There's so many different, you know, Latin American leagues, and then you have the Mexican league, and then you, and they're all really fun and exciting and competitive. So they all just look so. I, all of them just look more energetic than anything we see here. Yeah. Um, but oh Duran was pumping somewhere in one of those leagues. Uh, but I wonder how many of these prospects might just go play some indie ball for a month, 
Right? If you're an indie ball team, hell, man, I will sign any of you guys, and I'll tell our starting shortstop to kick rocks if I can get a month of, of whoever you know, out there, outfielder to get George Valera playing for us for a month. I wonder if we'll see some of these guys play some indie ball. Uh, I don't know what the MLB restrictions are on that, but restrictions don't apply when the league is locked out, right? So they can do whatever the hell they want. I think they can do whatever they want. That means Julio Rodriguez could play in the Atlantic League if he so chose. (laughs) Yeah, that guy can just chill. Um, But like, I'd love to see like Noel in the Atlantic League just just launching home runs. That would be fun. Be great for indie ball. It'd be pretty fun. Um, yeah, AL West quickly. We got Forrest Whitley, Jeremy Pena protected in Houston. Uh, the Angels don't know, don't care. Marsh and Adele are protected, but they're already big leaguers. Don't worry yeah. about that. Uh, AJ Puck protected. Brent Honeywell, a uh, new Oakland A, can't do anything until this lockout ends. Jordan Diaz, who I really, really like, corner infielder uh, in the A's system. He was in high A this year. He packs a punch. 21 years old, but he signed a long time ago. So he was protected. He can't play. He can't continue his ascent through the A's system. Uh, Texas, you got Ezekiel Duran, Leo Di Tavares, Glenn Otto, Sam Huff. Those guys are protected. And then Seattle, Brash, Justin Dunn, J-Rod, Taylor Trammell. These guys can't play. And it would be kind of nice to have them start in Tacoma and then get up and join you. At least they have Kirby, Williamson are all good. Hancock can all play. Hancock's um, good, yeah. But and, and a guy on the race side, I believe he is a 40-man guy, if I'm not mistaken. Tommy Romero, that would be a guy. Is is he impact? Because that's somebody that I am extremely excited to see throw. Um, and and personally, I, I think he's right on the precipice of of, of cracking a big league roster. Uh, was really good in triple A, finished extremely well uh for Durham. He was one of the more called about names from what I heard uh during the the um trade deadline uh, a lot of people were, were a lot of teams were calling on Tommy Romero and Romero was very similar to Joe Ryan with a low 90s fastball that's just really effective because of the profile and the command and I think there's a reason why we saw the Rays more willing to part with Joe Ryan and not Tommy Romero as they're very similar and and similar timelines I think you know just a little bit ahead is Joe Ryan as he pitched in the big leagues last year Romero is a dude that I know the Rays are really excited about and uh is he a 40-man guy yes he is Boom, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So you would like for a guy like Tommy Romero to throw 20 innings, maybe just like in the month of April, 20 innings with Durham. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get him up. Yeah. Feel the big league roster out a little bit, you know, see how Rasmussen's doing as a starter, see how some of these other guys are doing. Um, Kluber, is he healthy? You, know, you, you hope that nobody gets hurt. But yeah, a month down there, Romero forces his way up. I, I almost guarantee Romero is going to make. 10 plus starts at the big league level for the race next year. And I think he's going to be a really good piece for them. Um, but yeah, that's a guy that you now have to delay that, that uh, decision, which I think is a big one for the Rays as they try to feel out this rotation. And the progression is slowed down too. Uh, talk about progression being slowed down. Ronnie Mauricio is protected by the New York Mets. Oh God. Oh, like th- th- that guy, that guy, he cannot afford to miss it. They've rushed the hell out of him. And then he's not going to be able to develop. Like that's just miserable, miserable. And he's been struggling in the winter leagues. Like I, yeah, uh, no, that, that so, just, just noises. That's all I can make when I think about that. <laughs> the Mets have Mauricio protected. They've got Mark Vientos protected, uh, who is right on the cusp there. They have Khalil Lee protected and Nick Plummer, who they just picked up via rule five uh, with St. Louis um, or no, it's just a, as just a free agent that they yes as a, 40 man as a free agent lockout. but basically de facto rule five because uh when you're when your contract is up if if the cardinals wanted to resign Palmer, they would have had to add him to the 40 man um and they didn't have a spot for him it wasn't really an issue with Palmer. and the Mets said hell we'll give you more money and they paid him way more than you would normally expect from a minor league free agent deal and then Palmer got a nice little paycheck rare occasion where you see a minor league free agent get a nice little check um, and, you know, he, he could be a piece for them. I think he's going to battle it out with Khalil Lee for the fourth outfield spot. Uh, but now they can just battle it out on like a VR headset or something. Yeah, that works. Uh, Oculus or maybe win reality or something like that. Um, yeah. So Mark Vientos can't start the year. Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez can start the year. They are not protected. So funny, man, because I ironically, um, you know, our first little taste of this whole situation was us. Josh Lewin, who hosts Mets in the morning, was nice enough to have me on the podcast, which is the Mets MLB.com podcast to talk about 
of the Mets top 10. And Lewin, you know, he does a great job. We had him on the Just Baseball show way back. Really nice guy. And um, we, we, were t- we were going over it, and he's like, oh, by the way, you can't talk about the 40-man guys. Um, like, I'm sorry. I know it's dumb, but, we're, you know, we, we can't talk about it. It's an MLB podcast. Uh, we can't talk about guys on the roster. I was like, wait, what? So I'm, like, ripping out. I had like, I was so excited to talk about Vientos. I was so excited to talk about some of these guys. I'm like, oh, can't talk about Mauricio. I can't talk about Vientos. Like, that's insane. Um, so like, that was like the first realization of like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, there's layers to this thing. Yeah, it sucks. And I mean, like, they don't have the headshots. Everybody else has the headshots, but I mean, like, you can't see a photo of Ronnie Mauricio's smile. Uh, on Locked MLB. character. No. Locked yeah. character. Uh, blocked. Yeah, you have to unlock him. Uh, Atlanta. There's a chance that Michael Harris can pass by Christian Pache because Pache is, pro- is uh, protected. Harris is not. Drew Waters is protected. And then you've got other arms that are protected, like Dylan Lee, Tucker Davidson, Kyle Muller, Tuki Toussaint, Spencer Strider. You know, another reason why he could probably pass Pache too is that because he's, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. And, and Pache is, is not. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, I love Michael Harris. I'm so glad that we'll be able to get to see him, you know, get some more ABs under his belt because he's really, I think somebody that had just generated so much hype going into last year, almost an unfair amount of hype and then had a good year. And then people were like, Oh, he didn't have the superstar year that we were expecting. He had a really good year and he can do a little bit of everything. I I'm really excited. Michael Harris. I think he's the best outfield prospect of that bunch, um, which is, was a hot take earlier. seems like it's starting to become more of a, an acceptable, acceptable take uh, by, you know, Mets or excuse me, Braves fans, because I think Braves fans are very resistant to the idea of Pache not working out because of how exciting he was. But I just don't see that bad. Whoever you're excited to watch in Beloit or Pensacola or Jacksonville with the Marlins system, Erie Perez is fine. He's going to be full steam ahead. Um, Griffin Conine, you know, he's, he's all good, but guys that are not all good. Edward Cabrera obviously made his MLB debut last year. He can't start in Jacksonville. Uh, Braxton Garrett, if you had any hope uh, left for Braxton Garrett, uh, he can't start in Jacksonville ahead of the field. And then Harara Encarnacion and Monty Harrison are also protected. Yeah. So Monte Harrison, I think, uh, I don't know if we'll ever see him play for the Marlins again, honestly, Um, underreported story, but he, he got into a fight with Starling Marte. Uh, oh, in the clubhouse, like, like swung at Starling Marte. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Marlins sent him down after that, and he was kind of in timeout. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Marlins navigate that. And he was probably a guy that I was expecting to get traded uh, and packaged in. But somebody that I would like to see get at bats in, in the minor leagues anyways and continue to, to try to turn things around because of how athletic and exciting he is. Former Chicago Bull, Shaquille Harrison is his brother. A uh, little fun fact there. Hooper, Shaquille can get buckets. Uh, Monte was a great three-sport athlete. Interesting guy, could use that bats. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you still get to see the Bodets, the Burdicks, those guys as well. So that that's the good news. Um, Ari Perez is someone I'm extremely excited about. But yeah, how crazy. You, you don't fight Starling Marte. Marte no, hell no. I don't even know what the context was. I'm so curious how you could get that angry at Starling Marte by all accounts. Great guy. Um, so uh, I thought that was kind of an interestingly under underreported story that, that our, our man Craig Mish was all over when it happened. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, Philly, if you care about any of their prospects, you can still watch them because Bryson Stott and Mick Abel are one, two, and then there's a massive drop off there. Uh, they are both unprotected, so they'll be playing right away, whether it be with Lehigh Valley or, uh, you know, someone a little bit farther down the chain. But Hans Kraus is protected. Yep. Crack the big league. So. You know, that's a guy that we're not going to be able to see too much of, uh, which he put some stuff together last year. Would have liked to see some more and see if he could build off of that. That that sucks. I love Bryson Stott. So it'll be fun if there is a delay to the season where Stott could just be in AAA making a mockery of it because you know how I feel about his his outlook and why I think he could be the starting shortstop. He might make it even easier for the Phillies if, if the minor week season starts and the MLB season's delayed. Has a month of a body of work where he's just lighting it up in AAA and just be like, all right, here we go. Just put me in the, uh, the delayed opening day roster at shortstop. Yeah, I think you're that's a month ahead happen. of everybody else. Yeah. So that's the one positive here. That could be one. He could the one guy that benefits from this whole thing could be Bryson Stott. Well, and Bobby Witt. And Bobby Witt, same story with, but, but, but Witt doesn't have to show it as much. I feel like, like Witt, Witt, that's a team that isn't really set on winning right now. 
Whereas the Phillies, like they have the MVP, they have a really good offense. They've got a great one, two punch with also Ranger Suarez. And they're like, they're trying to win right now. Uh, they're not really worried about development. And like, if Stott doesn't give, if they don't think Stott gives them the best chance to win right now, which I think is crazy if they don't think that, but there's yeah. a chance, like they're not going to play him. Uh, so I, I'm excited for him to really be able to show that. Uh, three guys that I think are pretty interested interesting that are protected by Washington unprotected Cade Cavalli can throw right away. Jackson Rutledge can throw right away. Thank goodness. Uh, don't worry about that. But uh, Seth Romero is protected. <laughs> Romero is a guy that I think like they were still holding out a teensy bit of hope on uh, Donovan Casey, who is one of the guys uh, in return for the Scherzer Turner package from the Dodgers is protected. And then this is a really interesting one. Yasel Antuna. You remember the bag he got in international free agency? Yes, and you know I'm going to use any opportunity. Play the percentages. Don't give all your money to one guy in international free agency. Antuna got paid. Antuna got paid like Soto-type money from the year before. Antuna, I think, was the year after Soto in international free agency. Uh, Antuna is in the middle of trying to switch from short to third. Uh, and he also is grasping at straws for what's left of his potential superstardom with the bag he got. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And uh, this sucks for Antuna. Yeah, because look, I mean, has his outlook drastically shifted? Of course, but he's still 22. Like He could put it together. He still has a chance. But now, you know, again, another guy that just won't get that opportunity. Signed for $3.9 million. Uh, out of the DR switch hitter has some tools, you know, did not have a great year in high a, but showed flashes of some positive things um, would be a great opportunity to try to see him do a little bit more. Don't get to see that. Uh, and, and somebody that, you know, has not even, has only played 244 games in his professional career and, and 48 of those or 51 of those, excuse me, were in rookie ball. So less than 200 full season games. It's, it's nothing. I know this is getting a little bit listy, but I think this is good for everybody to just hear who their favorite team's prospects are going to be playing. Well, not, not. And not only that, how much it, it impacts, you know, everything for the development of almost every single organization. It really is. It, there's a trickle down effect here uh, yeah, from yeah. top to bottom. Um, and I think it puts in perspective, you know, how many top prospects are on 40 man rosters too, which, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. hundred uh, percent guys not playing in Iowa or Tennessee. If you're a Cubs fan, Anderson Espinoza, who needs innings more than he needs air to breathe. Espinoza is protected. He was also protected uh, by the Padres on the 40-man last year. Braylon Marquez knocking on the door, top pitching prospect in the Cubs system, possibly. Uh, Alexander Vizcaino, who came over as part of the Rizzo deal to the Yankees, he's protected. Miguel Amaya, their top catching prospect, he's protected. Christopher Morell, who looks like he could be a good infielder. He's protected. Alexander Canario, who is Canario. the main return in the Bryant deal. He's protected. Nelson Velasquez, who stood on his head in the uh, Arizona Fall oh League. He's protected. Gosh. There are a lot of guys and a lot of really talented Cubs minor leaguers that you cannot tune into if this lockout's still going on. Velasquez was so fun, man. Uh, from the end of the season in double A all the way to uh, that, that, performance he put on as basically the best player uh, in the Arizona Fall League, despite what anybody says. If you think somebody else performed better, Velasquez was, was a joke. Uh, top 100 consideration as we get to like the final parts of the list. And, you know, yeah, somebody that would really like to see continue to build on that momentum. No, I saw him thrash the Fort Wayne tin caps time and time again. Oh my gosh. Easy power. Uh, Indianapolis was going to be loaded, the Pirates AAA affiliate, but it will not be loaded to start the season uh, Rowenzi Contreras, Max Kranich, Miguel Yajur, Rodolfo Castro, O'Neill Cruz. Cruz obviously made his MLB debut. So did Tukapita Marcano, Hoy Park, Yoshi Tutsugo, Anthony Alford, Cannon Smith and Jigba, who we like. Jack Sawinski, Travis Swaggerty, they're all protected, the Pirates. Crazy. That's a lot of dudes. That's a lot of dudes. But what's crazy is this Pirate system is so, you know, developed that we could see at some point, it wouldn't be that early in the season, but at some point next year, we could see Quinn Priester in AAA. We could see Nick Gonzalez in AAA. We could see a lot of dudes, but somebody that I wanted to see was Leover Paguero uh, because he seems to be somebody that I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of pundits grow very bullish on. We're seeing him trickle into a lot of top 100 lists was excited to see the 21 year old, but yeah, that there's going to be a delay there for him. Yeah. hundred um, percent. There was another guy you mentioned Gonzalez. You mentioned, uh, Oh, uh, Henry Davis. He's not protected. Obviously. Of course, he was just picked. So he was just he's, picked, he's so. chilling. He's, yeah. he's chilling. 
Henry Davis might be a triple A guy if if the rosters are this <laughs> Dude, decimated. I, the bat is there. I mean, I, the, the glove it would be a big, big, big jump. But I mean, I think the guy could could really roll out of bed and hit almost any level. We'll see. And you're right. Like you know, you might just want to sign guys from the top down and sign them to the levels that you know they could be placed at. And like, if Henry Davis was going to start the year in high A, then still start him in high A. But I think there's a world where like if the overall product in double A is down a little bit to maybe the level of high A baseball with who's protected slap Henry Davis in double a, like let him get some ABs in Altoona. Why not? Why not? I mean, you look at his offensive statistics, man. I mean, he outpaced uh, Joey Bart in terms of what he did. Lower K rate, better offensive statistics. And Joey Bart was, was insane uh, at Georgia tech. Davis is as polished of a catcher as we've seen besides Adley Rutschman offensively. Yeah. Really in a very, 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 very long time out of college or high school, of course, Davis could probably accommodate that jump and, and honestly wouldn't shock me. And, and there's a reason he was the second catcher in three years to go one, one it's, it's exactly. Adley and Davis. Uh, St. Louis has Yvonne Herrera and Juan Yepes pro- uh, protected, but Jordan Walker, uh, Nolan Gorman, Matthew Liberator, they're ready to go from the jump. Which is huge because Liberator is a guy that, you know, I think the Cardinals are planning on being a part of their rotation at some point next year, right? Like they're planning on, if somebody goes down or if they, you know, are not getting what they want out of the back end of that rotation, they're expecting Libertor to contribute next year. Uh, and, and him not being able to pitch out of the gate would have really impacted that. So huge that uh, he does not need to be added to that 40 men yet. Yeah. Milwaukee, uh, Keston Hura is protected. He definitely would have started the year in Nashville. Like, you know, he just had a year from hell in 2021 mm-hmm. going on with a lot of off the field issues too. So, you know, this was, this was a good chance for him to spend, two weeks in Nashville. If the bat looks back, if he needs two more weeks, like it's almost work in two week increments in Nashville. And as soon as he's ready, get him back up to Milwaukee, but he's been slowed down again. What a big offensive boost he would, he could be for them though. Right. I mean, I'm really interested to see how he comes back next year. This was one of the more exciting offensive infield prospects in baseball at one point. And we were really, really looking for him to be that breakout guy for the Brewers. They need offense. As we know, they've done a good job of, of getting some pieces. If hero could be what even close to what we thought it could be for the brewers the team could be really fun. Could be really fun. Uh, and Hura could be a 35 Homer guy. Yes. And that ballpark. Sure thing. You just got to hit the ball enough. Uh, Cincinnati, our guy, Alan Serda had to be protected. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I love Serda. Yeah. I mean, and somebody that finished the year really strong. Yeah. would love to see that momentum continue. Would like it. Uh, San Diego, this is the biggest one for me. Mackenzie Gore obviously had to be protected. Mackenzie yeah, he, Gore not getting to be around the Padres <laughs> could be a blessing. I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, be, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe yeah, it's it might a good let thing. him clear his head, but it feels detrimental from the outside. Especially when you have a new, um, you know, head of development yeah. for the entire system. You know, you want to, you want to get looks at your guys. You want to be involved there. And, uh, yeah, it delay is kind of that intro and that ability to work with the new director of, of development for their prospects. Yeah, another guy coming off of Tommy John, Adrian Morahone is protected. So he hasn't been able to work with uh, the Padres athletic training staff. Michelle Baez protected, Efrain Contreras protected, Ray Kerr, your guy, lefty 101. He can't start in El Paso on time. Uh, Luis Camposano can't start in El Paso. And then Eggy Rosario can't start in San Antonio. Kevin Cops can throw, though. Kevin Cobbs can throw. He'll probably be big league ready by uh, by June. Good news for them, though. I mean, we, we've talked about them. Uh, Hassel, Abrams, they're ready to rock. They're not protected. They don't need to be protected. Uh, and then you got a couple other guys, Aribio Angeles, who we really like and hit a lot, um, can see if that continues to progress, whether it's in high A in Fort Wayne or it's in double A in San Antonio. It's same with Ornelas. You know, glad that all those guys will be able to get some ABs. 100%. Uh, Dodgers, Jacob Amaya, Eddie Leonard, Edwin Rios, Yorbit Vivas, James Outman. Those are all protected, but they've got a lot of their top guys. Uh, good to go. Bobby Miller can get his innings in. Yeah, Eddie Leonard is, is somebody that, you know, we, we, we're starting to see get some top 100 consideration and had a really good year last year. Still extremely young at 21. Somebody that I'm sure the Dodgers are eager to, to get back out on the field. Uh, so that's that's probably the most impacted guy out of out of that group yeah Colorado Ryan Rollison can't get it going in uh, Albuquerque 
now needs to bounce back after last year was, was a promising pitching prospect for the Rockies. We've said that one before, uh, but you know, really needs to, to, to get back out there. So uh, impacts them big time. So he's, he's going to be looking at a big league debut next year. Yeah. Zach Veen can play though. Shout out Zach Veen. That guy star potential star, star, star potential. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. San Fran, the guy that we highlighted last week, Elliot Ramos, if only he had a month to get right in Sacramento and then he could be in the giants outfield. Ramos is on the 40 man. Joey Bart's on the 40 man, but Pat Bailey is not not boom. Boom. There's a reason why he's ranked ahead. Uh, but no, the, the good part on the Giants side is a lot of their exciting prospects are not on the 40 man. Luciano, Matos, Harrison, uh, Bednar, Bishop, Bailey, Pomares. Like, thank goodness uh, the Giants shouldn't be too impact. Casey Schmidt as well. Uh, Ryan Murphy. A lot of their top, almost all their top prospects are, are okay. Thank goodness. Yeah. And then to wrap with Arizona, Alec Thomas can play right away. Corbin Carroll can play right away. Uh, Zach Birdie, who they just picked up from the White Sox, I think can be a bullpen arm. It felt totally. like he needed a couple more innings in AAA, and then he'd be right back up with Arizona. He cannot play. Seth Beer cannot play. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stu Fairchild, Cooper Hummel, Geraldo Perdomo, all these guys. Corbin Martin can't play. J.B. Bukowskis can't play. They all saw big league time, uh, even if it was extremely brief. Yep. You got one A.B., one inning. You're on the 40, man. Uh, yeah. But very, very happy that Corbin Carroll will be able to get at-bats right away was so good through like six games was one of my big time, you know, picks to have a massive year last year, uh, messed up that shoulder should be ready to go at the start of the year. And that's a guy that I know is going to want to make up for lost time and force his way to the big leagues at some point, uh, next year. Yep. And and that's it for me. So hopefully we, um, hopefully we gave you a a little taste of what your favorite team is going to have going on on the farm, uh, and who you can tune into if this lockout does drag on, Fingers crossed it doesn't, but I think you and I are both in the same boat here that they are not going to play 162. Um, or are you still there? You're still there. Uh, no way you're still there. Uh, no not, way. Um, talk to me on uh, talk to me Wednesday. on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, they're going to meet talk every to day me. this week. Yes, that's the only reason. I, I Look, gun to my head, I'm saying less than 162, but I am not positive. I'm still... I'm the optimist here. I like I I know I'm the optimist here, which is ironic because I'm the miserable host on this show. Um, but uh, I'm I'm what would you call me, Ebenezer Scrooge? Um, uh, yeah, but I I think there have been times where uh, I have hated Christmas as well as you. I like Christmas. I think uh, well, uh, I think Peter is the one that is butterflies and rainbows at all times. And then at all times, yes, we have our dark sides for sure. Yes. Oh. Definitely. Uh, did we mention the Reds? I mean, we wouldn't get to see Lodolo or Hunter Green. Um, oh, we, we would see Lodolo. We would see Lodolo. We would not see Hunter Green. Are you sure about that? Cincinnati, I saw, you know, Jose Barrero obviously protected. I mentioned Alan Serda. It was quick because I thought everybody that, you know, it kind of made sense. But I could have sworn that Green was not on the 40 man. He would have to be, right? Because he was drafted in 2017. I, I, I might think be not. One more year. Um, wow. No, he's not. He's not protected. Wow. So Lodolo and Green can Are good both to go. start in Louisville. Really? Yep. But Jose Barrero cannot, even though I think Jose Barrero should be the starting shortstop. That's so weird because he doesn't have a picture on the uh, on on the on the MLB.com page too. But you're right; he's not shown on the forty man here. Yeah, I'm I'm here on the forty man, and Interesting. Green's not on it. All right. Well, that's good. Well, why yeah. are they doing him dirty with no picture? I don't know. Maybe because my yeah. guy picture, give him his picture back. Listen, if you want to know the true Ebenezer Scrooge, it's major league effing baseball right now. It's Rob Manfred. <laughs> it's Rob Manfred. That guy hates Christmas. He hates not as much as he hates baseball. Oh, uh, headlines to wrap this one up. We're trying something new. You said, uh, yes, yes. Bring some headlines and we'll just react to it. Yes. I kind of just, I thought this would be a fun way to, to keep people up to date with everything that's going on in baseball. Obviously a little bit dead right now. This will be more fun when there's more things going on, but kind of around the league headlines uh, that we have seen reports and some quick thoughts on it. Mariners are on the hunt for a right-handed power bat, according to USA Today's Bob Nightingale. So, um, yeah, well, <laughs> Take it with well the so, so they're looking for a light hitting left-handed bat. Um, but now re- realistically, 
I found that report kind of surprising, Jack. Quick thoughts on that, because, I mean, they have Kyle Lewis returning. We know that they have a, a right-handed power bat coming up in the form of Julio Rodriguez. Uh, they've got dudes. We've talked about how good of a fit Chris Bryant would be. Seems like he might fit that bill. Yeah, I was going to say, if only they, uh, if only that right-handed hitting power bat could play third base and occasionally hop in any outfield position or play first if need be. Uh, and by the way, 6'5", super handsome and has a rookie of the year and MVP and a World Series ring on his books. Chris Bleeping Bryant is the answer for the Mariners. Did we mention handsome? Handsome, super handsome. Those eyes, stare deep into those eyes. You see an ocean in those eyes. <laughs> Matt Chapman, though, I, I think, you know, like not the pure hitter, but is a packs a punch and they need a third baseman. That's a guy that could make sense, too. And as handsome, he, he's a good looking individual as well. Uh, another one that maybe caught me off even more so uh, Buck Showalter coming out and saying, hey, yeah, 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 we're not ruling out the possibility of adding to the outfield. Huh? You already for, did that. Yeah, you added Sterling Marte. Yeah. You, you added Mark Canna. You have, uh, you know, Mark Vientos who could potentially swat into the outfield. You have uh, a few other guys that all fit in there as well. What are you going to do with uh, Dom Smith? I found that one kind of interesting, but here's the quote real quick before I get your thoughts. Uh, Showalter said he and general manager Billy Epler haven't ruled out the possibility of further additions. And I quote, the outfield is something we have talked about where we are. Showalter told reporters, including Mike Puma of the New York Post, we are on the same page with everything where that is concerned. It's a scenario that we are examining to see if we feel comfortable with it. We're always going to look within first. They do have Khalil Lee. They do have Nick Plummer as internal options. They do have Brandon Nimmo, who says he wants to play more center field, but the Mets don't seem too thrilled about that. Um, interesting situation. Why would they need more outfielders? Yeah, if only they had a young left-handed hitting center fielder, um, maybe with the first name Jared maybe with two R's in the name Jared, that would be nice for them. I'm sure. Yeah. But then they wouldn't have that electric closer, Edwin Diaz and the really, really good second baseman, Robinson Cano DH. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Robbie Cano could be a DH. We've already talked about that. I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on Robinson Cano winning a silver slugger as the NL designated hitter, the first oh. ever NLDH silver. Slugger, oh, that'd Robbie be Cano. a wonderful troll of it. Final headline. Uh, just, Unfortunate, but I'm, I'm remaining optimistic on this one. Rangers prospect Josh Young shut down due to labrum strain in his shoulder. Good news is it's his left shoulder. Throwing shoulder is the right. Bad news is I do know a lot of players that they had full tears in that lead shoulder for their swing, though, and had to get it repaired. That, they said, really kind of made them feel a little bit robotic with the swing. Young is going to rehab and hopefully get back staying optimistic there, but this is a guy that we were looking at to potentially crack the opening day roster, if not be up a month you know, into the season. I, I hope this doesn't delay the timeline. Isn't this the same thing that Tatis just dealt with the entirety of this year? Somewhat, yes. The difference is Young, I think, did it through working out. Uh, Tatis did it through, I believe it was initially... Was it a swing or was it a was it a fall that was the first time? It was because there was so many times where he upset it afterwards. I, I don't even remember chronologically what it was. Yeah. But regardless, it is very similar. Very, yes. very similar. So like Tatis, obviously more skilled than Josh Young is. Josh Young is a good baseball player, but Fernando Tatis very is Alex Rodriguez, like we've talked about. So uh, Tatis, like, here's the thing. If he's playing at 80 percent, he's still MVP caliber and no PS flirting with a thousand like he just did, like, you know, 30 bombs, 40 stolen bases. Uh, Josh Young, if he's going to keep aggravating an injury like Fernando Tatis did, just shut it down. Like it's not worth wasting a exactly. year and playing in, in, you know, withering pain for a year. Uh, one last thing on the Young family, Jace Young, really good at baseball. Red Raiders, guns up. Mark Really Adams. good. Could be a top five pick potentially. Uh, really excited about him. Good news on Young, two-hand finisher with the swing. Whereas, you know, we were seeing Tatis a little bit kind of flying with that one hand. I think that was hurting his shoulder a bit more. Also, Young didn't dislocate it. You know, we're not doctors, but I will say you bring up a good point. The question for Young, for young was the power, right? Like, was that power going to be there? We didn't see it until this past year where he started to tap into more of it. If his power is hit a little bit or docked a little bit, that's going to impact him a lot more. And I think that's a great point, but I I'm, I'm remaining pretty optimistic that Josh Young will be okay. May delay the debut a little bit. Cause I'm sure they don't want to rush him. We're not doctors, but I can absolutely play a doctor on Twitter. If need be. 
pro baseball doc instantly like instantly uh posting video when a guy goes down saying this is what happened he's doomed i think what i want behind the paywall though behind the paywall to read more about how doomed he is click on our pay to to get through to our paywall i think for uh for four small payments of 387 dollars a month um what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna create i might create a patreon uh, and just put my Little League World Series injury slander on that. So like Gavin Weir, I might just say this guy is going to combust. His elbow is shot. And I'm going to put that behind a massively lucrative payroll paywall and see if anybody pays for it. I, that's still one of the craziest things to me. As you can hear these sirens. Nice. Welcome to New York, no, baby. you're not a true New Yorker anymore, man. You're, you're no, thrown by the sirens. I got to give it a nod. That was not, that was a police car. That wasn't an ambulance, but to wrap up on, on that. Yeah. Behind the paywall, we'll tell you how injured this guy is. If you subscribe, Uh, we won't be those guys and Josh young, hopefully back very soon. And we'll be gassing them up and you don't have to subscribe to anything other than the podcast, which costs nothing. So thanks for subscribing and rating and doing all that good stuff. It's been awesome seeing the numbers grow, Jack. I mean, we're in arguably the most, awful time for baseball and our listeners you out there have just been continuing to listen and we've seen it you know the the graph tick up and and i can't tell you how awesome that feels for us and how much we appreciate that so thank you for your support through i know what is a very frustrating time for fans for you during you know for baseball people around and you might want to swear it off but i just want to tell everybody listening tell you listening Thank you for not swearing it off and for, you know, supporting us through all this because we love giving you the content still. Yeah. And and thanks for letting us share our frustration with you because you're probably feeling the same exact things. Um, And we we like um, getting it off our chest. I hope that this is almost a cathartic experience for you guys as well. So thanks for being uh, somewhat fans of us because we are massive fans of you. Uh, I am... Uh, apartment hunting again tomorrow and then i got a basketball game so it is arum and pete on the podcast tomorrow they're gonna have some fun be sure to follow just baseball on all your social media channels uh and we will talk to you tomorrow